This is Randy, and I will be sharing about the Halloween classic, It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. This is Cole, and I am going to be continuing my somewhat unintentional series, just because it was so fun to talk about, talking about how you would decorate the inside of your house for a Halloween party. Yes, a very Halloween-focused episode. This will be coming out. You'll be hearing this towards the end of September, which is kind of fun to think about. Yeah. And part of that is getting cool weather. And surprisingly, the last couple of days, last few days, actually, we've had some pretty good weather in Northern Virginia in the low 70s for highs or mid 70s-ish. So it's been fun. Yeah. And yeah. low humidity. It's very cool. It feels very that's Halloween-ish right now, but I think that's mostly because I'm in your house and it's like a little cool outside, but also fully... There's pumpkins and orange. And yes. We did finish, as we talked about last week, we started decorating the inside. We did pretty much finish that. We found some things that we wanted to replace, and we've replaced those. Um, so now No I'm, Halloween, Halloween stuff. No, yet. just yeah. fall. Just fall, yes. And now, well, there's actually one thing that looks kind of Halloween-y that's hanging there, but other than that, yeah, it's all fall things. And so now I'm about to start working on the outside of the house since it's a nice cool day outside so very fun Hi. yeah part of that was we did get to visit some stores that finally had fall and halloween things in there finally right so we got to go to our target that got that stuff going in there we got to go to michael's and hobby lobby and find some things so home goods yeah home goods as well that's right we so found some fun, fun things there yes the last now. time we were there they had nothing now they Quite a number of things. I really don't want to um, like go anywhere right now and look at Halloween stuff, which is hard for me. But I'm moving soon, so I don't want to like get extra stuff yeah. that is going to take up more space In during that truck. move. Yeah. <laughs> so once I'm there, uh, I might go and visit uh, stores down in Florida, which yeah. have Halloween stuff and decorate from there there's a lot of there's a lot of fun things um even just at michael's here in town a lot of actually halloween things specifically mm. yes specifically yeah. <laughs> and sydney what you said you um also got to see some halloween things i did so not only and i was telling mom my target where i live has been so slow to get out there um halloween and fall stuff but they're finally doing that so that's been fun. They finally filled up like the pet section and I think general fall section, but they still need to fill up the Halloween section. They were putting up Halloween candy on the shelves when I was there, I think yesterday. I went to Cracker Barrel today and they had a fall section, a Halloween section, and at least two to three Christmas section. Same around so, here. Yeah. Same with the Cracker Barrel around here. Yeah, yeah, so they're uh, really on top of their holidays. <laughs> yeah, I agree, and I think ours even, in addition to the fall Halloween, couple Halloween, a couple Christmas sections had a Thanksgiving section as well. Really? You yeah. don't see a lot of Thanksgiving they had sections? some uh, turkey things in one of the little kiosk areas, so yeah. Dad started like dancing and singing turkey in the straw. I did? No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been a really funny thing to do. You should think about it. I don't know all the words to Turkey in the Straw. That's kind of a... I know. Just popped into my head. I kind of know the tune, but not the words to the tune. So Just, yeah. Yes. Yes. So we are very excited because we are getting close to that fall feeling. In fact, we've had it here for a couple days. We know it'll go back away for a little bit, but it'll be back. That's very fun. Yeah. It's fun to think yeah, about. and we're getting to not just like the holiday part of the year, but the part of the year where the like we're coming out of the summer movies. So like the big name like blockbuster movies and stuff are starting to come out now around the holidays. So um, I just saw the new Marvel uh, movie Shang Chi and the um, Legend of the Ten Rings before the podcast here, and you guys saw it yesterday. So yep. I think all of us really enjoyed that movie. It was really good. Yeah, I really liked it a yeah, lot. It was a lot. I was of fun. surprised at how much I really enjoyed it. Yep. 
It yeah. was a very fun movie. We all saw it in theaters. Well, cool. I uh, did. Yeah, Sydney didn't, but the three of us saw it. Sydney is actually on the phone back at her apartment. Her puppy um, wasn't able to make the trip due to her little surgeries. She's at home recovering, and it sounds like everything's going fine other than having to wear a cone on her head. Uh, so that's never easy. I wouldn't want to wear a cone on my head either. I know. So I ordered something different for her last night when I couldn't sleep in the middle of the night. I was on, I got onto Amazon and ordered her a different kind of neck thing so she wouldn't have to wear a cone. Oh, like a neck pillow? Yeah. So, um... Grand Grandma insisted on doing that. Yeah. I... Myself, I've done that, and that didn't work out too well. So we'll see how this works out. Oh, this is a different one. Very good at acting pathetic when you and Dad are uh, FaceTime. So you yourself (laughs) had done that for when you had a cone around your head. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, and it ended up being too heavy. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Like it was like a a pillow, basically, where she could just sleep on it, um, and it wouldn't really like hinder her vision, but. But yeah, yeah, Sydney had tried a pillow for Noelle. Oh, okay. Not um, based on what she had read. So this is a different one. We'll see how that goes. But uh, we'll see her again next weekend. And next weekend is, well, this coming week actually is Beth's birthday for us. It's uh, early September. So that's always a fun time. And we usually celebrate it on a weekend for a birthday festival weekend, even mm-hmm. if the birthday's during the week. So that is Randy's invention. Right. But we've been doing it since we been together as a couple yeah (laughs) even before we had kids so So, decades uh, yeah decades so we were going to do it this weekend didn't work out so we're going to do that next weekend so that'll be fun for beth to have her birthday festival weekend together with everybody and then we hope to see my dad in a couple weeks uh, for a day trip to his place as well so lots of fun things going on I will say as a little tip cole mentioned not look wanting to look at halloween stuff because he doesn't want to buy it because he doesn't want to move it to Florida. Yeah. But a tip would be... Oh, I would be, love to move it to Florida. I just don't need extra yeah, stuff things. taking up space right now. But a tip would be, since we are Christmas planners for gifts and giving holiday gifts, holiday decor gifts to other people is something that we've done and we do for each other as well. So you could pick some things out, us hold them... And then give them to you for Christmas. Some of your that is true. That is true. See, the, also the fun thing about moving to... So I'm moving to Tampa, the Tampa area down in Florida. Um, I have uh, a couple of friends who live over towards the Orlando area. But the fun thing about Tampa is with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers blowing up now and being really good now, any skeleton decorations that I get, when I set them up, as I take my Halloween stuff down, I can just put pirate hats on those yeah. and leave them up year-round. That's true. <laughs> Neighbors won't mind that at all. Exactly. they'll think they're Tampa Bay Because they'll think they're Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Because of dead pirates. Because of, yeah, dead pirates. <laughs> or That's... dead victims of pirates. Right. Well, yeah. if they have yeah. the pirate hat oh, if they have on. the pirate hat That's on. true. What they you could do is for every team that the Buccaneers defeat, you could put those hats on a particular skeleton. skeleton. On a skeleton. Yes, like they just... They, Killed the Ravens, or they killed the Browns. Yeah, they not don't. The Steelers. They don't. They don't play both of those. Yeah, that's that's probably yeah. good. They play the Patriots. I could. I'd be happy to put a Patriots yeah, that's hat true. on. That's true. But even in, and I think I mentioned this when I came back from Tampa. Tampa is very big on pirate stuff everywhere. All the boats I saw in the harbor had not like necessarily Tampa Bay Buccaneers flags, but pirate like skull and crossbones and so funny. stuff like that. So. Yeah, Halloween decorating in Tampa. Maybe the skeletons stay up all year. That's right. Maybe okay. we'll see how my uh, my girlfriend feels about that. <laughs> it's outside. She won't notice. Except, oh, well, maybe she driving. She won't notice. Yeah, to and from the house. But whatever. So, in a lot of these stores that we're talking about that have a Halloween, fall, and Christmas decorations, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times, they have pet costumes to decorate your pet with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's, that's a good way to put it. You're decorating your house and your pet. Pet decorations. That's, yeah. That's right. So I was looking at this article, and it's from 2018, but according to this, Americans spend around, or spent at least in maybe 2017, 2018, $9 billion on Halloween. It's higher than the GDP of some countries. And four hundred and eighty million dollars uh, of that uh, was on pets. Wow. So unlike 
Christmas or Valentine's Day or even Mother's and Father's Day, Halloween doesn't have the stress of gift giving. And for those who love to gift give, we may not really understand that feeling, but a lot of people do. So shopping for Halloween and Halloween costumes is a lot less about pressure and a lot more about enjoying the moment, especially when it comes to pets. And specifically, I'll be talking about dogs because I have a little puppy, Noel. But I mean, we can also talk about cats too because I think Cole and Keely are planning on something for their cats as well. But I think those are like the two most popular pets have Halloween costumes for. Yeah. It's hard so, to put a, like a little outfit on a hamster. I've seen it done, but not with any... Super cute, but Not yeah. with any hamster that I've ever handled. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more difficult, maybe. I have seen people so, put little hats on snakes before, though. Uh, and those actually look pretty cute. I wonder how long they last. I know. The, the snakes or the hats. Oh, yeah. Or the people. Yeah, after they did it? Yeah. <laughs> They're little snakes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So originally, and I was kind of thinking this, you know, where, where did dog costumes come from? And I think they've certainly blown up in popularity. We'll be discussing that in just a moment as to why we think that may have occurred. So, you know, just keep that in the back of your minds. But for a teeny tiny bit of history... Originally, you know, we thought maybe somewhere in the 20th century, maybe, you know, the beginning of dog fashion began, but it was much further back than that. During an excavation of a tomb of the King of China from uh, 327 to 309 BC. Now, this is where the, the time period of the king, not when the archaeologists found this. Um <laughs> Just to clarify, yeah. Archaeolo- yeah. archaeologists found two large dogs buried in jeweled collars with the king. The Greyhound of Louis the Eleventh, King of France from 1423 to 1483, wore, um, again, these are the Greyhounds, wore a red velvet collar with 20 pearls and 11 rubies. And Louis's successor... Charles VIII had robes made for his dog and marmot as well. Queen Victoria dressed her dog in a scarlet jacket and blue trousers that she wrote in her diaries. That's right fun. around the time that dog shops became a thing in Paris. Yeah. See, it's funny to me to think about them putting like maybe like little powdered wigs on their <laughs> yeah. dogs or, you know, something era specific. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was thinking people are still like people like over time. So I imagine that people still, without, like, specific evidence that we have, would still put things, like, on their dog and be like, oh, this is funny. This is adorable. This is funny. Like, I imagine, like, I can imagine uh, Vikings being like, oh, I'm going to put my helmet on him. Yeah, yeah. Look, he's going to come to battle with us. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I would imagine. That is funny, though. A little coat and trousers. That's so funny. Well, if you have a tailor that's at your beck and call, you can say, hey, tailor... Let's yeah. make true. some little trousers for my dog. Yeah. And he's like, okay. <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah, what are you going to do? Say no? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and there are other occurrences, um, pet-related, that also, I think, help to make this ideal more like of a national or global awareness. In the U.S., the first pet cemetery was founded in Winchester, New York in 1896 and is now on the National Register of historic places and and you all should recognize this i think a lot of people do in the u.s the first of the eight part dogs playing poker was painted in 1903 Mm -hmm. so the dogs playing poker is a very famous painting of you guessed it dogs playing poker i think they're also in costumes yeah this, this concept was definitely prevalent. And I had previously on a separate podcast talked about the creation and I think evolution of dog park. Yeah. So, so it, that's it right. seems like there was a number of things that occurred that made the idea more prevalent to commercialism. Yeah. So, here, you know, that, that was just a few little history, fun things that happened in history. But um, the discussion question for today regarding dog costumes because i also feel like dog costumes could easily translate to cat costumes yep Uh, easily why do you think that 
it has become so prevalent in the last, let's say, like five to ten years. Five to ten years. I feel like it's been prevalent for a little longer than that. Yeah, I think that there's been a lot more variety over the last five to ten years. So people see on social media, you know, a combination of things. They see it on social media. So people post on Facebook, Twitter, Mm -hmm. on um, Snapchat, on TikTok, you know, the little pictures of their dogs and cats as it is. So I think pets in general are very popular. And then to be able to do that and make them in like cute little outfits uh, hits a funny bone for a lot of people. Or a sweet, it's a just funny like, bone it's or so a cute, cute bone. Yeah. Right. yeah. And I think that because of the increased popularity, there's been an increased number of manufacturers producing things that people could, you know, buy relatively cheaply for their pets. You know, these things aren't very expensive. Right relative to buying yourself a full costume exactly well and there's also in the last five to ten years there's a huge push towards these do-it-yourself kind of trends with things like pinterest etsy uh, first vine and then tiktok there's a lot of do-it-yourself videos etsy is huge now there's a lot more people i think like etsy a lot more creators making like more specific kinds of things than what would be generally available from like a large company. Right. right. Which means that if yeah. you like something, like say you're into Disney Haunted Mansion, you can find somebody, whether a creator or a man or an actual company, has created things that you could dress your pet up associated with that. Right. right. There's so many unique things now that target your interest area that it's not just the wiener dogs you know think about yeah. the early ones were all like hot, hot dogs like a hot dog or yeah they were you know the cats dressed up like a bunny or, or you know whatever with, with little bunny ears it's become you know, much more accessible from availability perspective yeah so i think what i'm hearing just to summarize is with the explosion of social media that's become as possibly cause and effect to increase pet costumes. I've also heard DIYs. Mm-hmm. And with all of that, it has become a much more prevalent thing around the globe. So mom, I heard dad's insight and Cole's insight. What, what is your insight? What, what do you think of this? I agree with them. I think that the more people post, the more the ideas get out there and the more people get excited. So manufacturers can pick up on it. People that do their own like individual stuff. creators and stuff. Right, yeah. can can do it. So it just helps get the thoughts out there. Not everybody is super creative by themselves, and I'm speaking for myself. Mm-hmm. I can often copy things if I'm doing, if I have the tools to do them. Mm-hmm. But coming up with unique things myself isn't as easy. But you know, you look at some different things, and you can put a couple different things together or whatever. And mm-hmm. it just gives you a broader scope of what you can do with your animal. Right. So, right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned a really good idea, which is, you know, you don't have to be creative, but by someone else being creative and you being able to copy your, you know, their idea, the, it kind of multiplies, you know, that, so that, that creates more people who might do costumes as well. And another reason why it's maybe become so prevalent within the last five to ten years is with millennials joining and being prevalent in the workforce now, there is a growing trend of having kids later and having pets first. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. With that and with social media, um, there's also definitely a generational differences as well. And you think of like, you know, a grandparent's generation where... You know, sometimes it was expected that animals, you know, were outside. That's just where animals live, you know. But nowadays, you know, they're having laws to prevent or make it illegal to let animals be out in, like, extreme weather conditions. So definitely there's generational difference and shift in mindset when it comes to pets themselves. That's a good point. Yeah, Yeah, I think millennials now are having potentially expendable income too so and pets are a cheap way to um, spend some of your money yeah. in, a, in a way that's fun and, and, and um, inclusive fulfilling. of other people right right and also kind of is a way to show affection to your pet too in theory because... oh, I thought I was torturing your pet 
Depending on the pet is why I say yeah. in theory. Yeah. No, I agree. That's cute. It is cute and fun to be able to do something like that and take pictures and things like yeah. that. Yeah. So we've never been able to dress up any of our cats. No, never. I've never really even thought of trying. No, no. They're just, they never seem like that kind of no. cat. <laughs> no, they never Any did. of the ones that we've had. As Autumn is like staring at me from across the room. Oh, she looked away. Oh, no, she looked back. Uh, would you like a costume? No. <laughs> My girlfriend's cat, Izzy, that we've talked about before on the podcast, is very docile and just, like, kind of sits there and Super lets chill. anything, like, happen to her. We put a couple of costumes on Izzy before. One was, a, like, a little Christmas hat and scarf that Sydney got. Adorable. Um, which was super cute. Um, also, like, a little Ravens bandana. Uh, Not during, during the Super Bowl, we, uh, we all dressed up in our Ravens stuff, so, to represent. But... For Keely's birthday this year, I got a few different costumes. I think I talked about the vampire one before, but I got her like a little vampire cowl. Um, and then I got a little pair of bat wings. I might try to put on Onyx, my black fluffy cat. She would look super cute with little bat wings. Yeah. But uh, the last one that I got was a little uh, collar and tie. Um, that we can put on her. One of our nicknames for her is Isness. Her name's Izzy, so we call her Isness Business. So she would have a little uh, like uh, turn down collar and tie, so that she would be. That's the business thing. She would be Isness Business at that point. Um, so I thought that was super cute. I'm waiting to give those to Kelia for her birthday. That'll be after this comes out, so no risk there. I'll have to let you know how how that goes. Maybe we can post some pictures of that would be great. Isness Business. <laughs> yes. Try all those costumes. All the costumes on. I'm going to try to get the wings on Onyx, but I can't make any promises. Yes. Well, good luck to all of you in putting your pets in cute costumes and, of course, take pictures and let us know how that goes from cats and dogs, horses, hamsters, whatever your pet may be. That would be interesting to see. But Halloween is such a fun time and lots of fun traditions. And one of the traditions for me is not putting costumes on pets, but it is uh, watching the classic It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. That's a great one. Yeah, so why do, why do we love that movie so much, do you think? I think part of it is nostalgia. A lot of time we watch It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown after we've carved our pumpkins at Halloween time and I make pumpkin seeds. So You roast them. I roast the pumpkin seeds in the oven. So it's yeah, so I think part of it is just that fun, sweet, happy family feeling of celebrating together. Also, Charlie Brown, Snoopy, Linus, they're just great. It is interesting because it has been for all of our lives a tradition. For all of as long as you guys have had kids at least. Yeah. It's been a tradition to carve the pumpkins, take out the pumpkin seeds, cook them, then watch the great pumpkin. And while I do enjoy The Great Pumpkin, and I have enjoyed it through my childhood, I don't know that it has the, like, kind of, it's nostalgic claws in me to the point where I'm like, it's one that I have to watch every year. Yeah. Like, last year, it's interesting because I took most of that tradition, Keely and I carved our pumpkins, we took the pumpkin seeds, and I cooked the pumpkin seeds, and then we both sat down to watch a movie. But what we watched was Halloween instead. A horror movie. Of, uh, of the great, well, a classic. Instead of the great pumpkin. Uh, it is funny because the great pumpkin always does make me think of being here. Yeah. At, at this house. Yeah. What do you think, Sydney? As far as, like, why do we enjoy that movie so much year after year? It does make me think of nostalgia. I think it, in general, it is a good Halloween movie that it does not lean into the horror genre at all. Right. It's not too long either, and it, it does bring about that old-fashioned feel as well. You kind of feel a different generation when you see it and when you see the kids in their costumes as well. I think back to maybe, you know, our grandparents' generation where costumes were simple. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's our generation too. Yeah, no, that's true. You know, and it's interesting because it does have staying power. It's been around since 1966, so that's 55 years. That's a long time for a short yeah. cartoon to yeah. remain firmly yeah. in the... And it may be because it is so short that it's easy to, to mm -hmm. put on and watch. It's not a huge time commitment. Yeah. I mean, there's a generational difference, but also, like, at one point they had bobbing for apples in there with COVID and everything. That's, oh, like, long gone. I know. Like, 
tradition. Like, well, way gone. Yeah, the interesting yeah. thing about the movie is that if you think through it, there's a lot of Halloween traditions that they pack in the movie. So let me walk through the plot, and you can kind of see some of those traditions coming through. So Linus and Lucy Van Pelt go out to the local pumpkin patch to find a pumpkin. Lucy selects the largest they can find and makes Linus carry it back to the house, although he ends up rolling it most of the way. He becomes upset when Lucy starts cutting into it to make a jack-o'-lantern, and he cries, I didn't know you were going to kill it, and that's the cold open. So, you know, the jack-o'-lantern making is part of that, and picking out the pumpkin from the pumpkin patch is part of that. So after the opening titles, Snoopy helps Charlie Brown finish raking a pile of leaves. Linus jumps into the pile with a large lollipop, resulting in leaves sticking to his face and his lollipop. <laughs> Lucy then entices Charlie Brown to kick a football by showing him a signed agreement. Now, football season obviously starts in the fall, so you, know, you kind of relate to that as well. Mm-hmm. But Lucy, in the end, ends up pulling it away before he can kick it, as usual. She notes, it was never notarized, even though she had signed it. So, uh, so the signed agreement was... It was a signed document. A signed, a signed document. A signed document saying that she wouldn't pull it That's away. Right. Because right. uh, this is like a long-running gag yeah. in Charlie Brown is that he goes kick football, she pulls it away. Right. Although this was the first time it had ever been animated. It had been mm. in the series comic really? strips before, but this was the first show that it was animated in. So Linus is then writing his yearly letter to the Great Pumpkin, which is kind of like a Santa Claus uh, character in this story. To him. To him. He insists that the Great Pumpkin will bring him presents despite disbelief of other kids. As he's writing, he says to the Great Pumpkin, You must get discouraged because more people believe in Santa Claus than you. Well, let's face it. Santa Claus has had more publicity. But being number two, perhaps you try harder. It's be funny. There are just some great lines in there. There are. Only Sally, Charlie Brown's younger sister, who is smitten with Linus, supports him. Lucy follows Linus as he goes out to mail the letter to the great pumpkin, but refuses to help him because he can't reach the mailbox, uh, leaving him to use his blanket to open the mailbox and let the letter float in. Charlie Brown shows up to announce that he was invited to a Halloween party hosted by Violet, and he does this little cute dance. Lucy is skeptical about his invitation, assuming it was sent by mistake. <laughs> On Halloween night, the whole gang goes trick-or-treating, each with their own costume. Most dress up as ghosts in a simple white sheet costume where they put, uh, cut out holes for the eyes. Charlie Brown has trouble with the scissors, leaving his costume full of holes. Pigpen's trademark dust cloud makes him easy to identify. Lucy dresses as a witch, saying it's the opposite of her real personality. She says a person should always choose a costume which is in direct contrast to her own personality. So on the way, they stop at the pumpkin patch where Linus is to jeer at him for missing the festivities as usual. But undeterred, Linus persuades Sally, due to her infatuation with him, to skip trick-or-treating and join him in the pumpkin patch to wait for the great pumpkin. During tricks or treats, the kids get their goodies, except for Charlie Brown who gets nothing except rocks. <laughs> and it's a classic line. Yes. I got a rock. I got a rock. Because they all stand around after they go to a house. They're like, yeah. wow, I got a popcorn ball. I got three cookies. I got a candy bar. I got a rock. That's right. right. Every he time. always gets the rock. <laughs> yeah. After going back to the pumpkin patch to tease Linus and Sally, the gang goes to Violet's Halloween party. The girl asks Charlie Brown to serve as their model, initially to his delight, then embarrassment, when they use the back of his bald head to canvas potential jack-o'-lantern designs so a weird kind of thing in the middle there is snoopy so snoopy's wearing his world war one flying ace costume so he decides to go full in with this costume and he climbs aboard his doghouse but he pretends it's a sopwith camel fighter plane so he has this fierce pretend battle with an unseen red baron he crashes he makes his way across the countryside in France, supposedly, and he ends up crashing the Halloween party. Seeking into an apple bobbing tank, he accidentally touches lips with Lucy when she picks up an apple, disgusting her. Then he's entertained <laughs> by Schroeder's playing of World War One tunes on his piano before leaving. So it's kind of like this weird little interlude in the middle. Well, weird or funny, cute. Well, it's just, it's just, Charles Schultz put so much into it. And I know that, if I'm remembering correctly, one of the concerns about 
the Charlie Brown animated series is that it was too sophisticated for kids. That yeah. the, the children spoke like adults. Yeah, mm-hmm. there were definitely childhood traditions and things. It was no holds barred. Like they just went ahead and put in what he wanted, and people just had to figure out what was going on. Yep. So back to the story. Linus and Sally are still in the pumpkin patch when Linus sees a mysterious shadowy figure which turns out to be Snoopy, rising from the moonlit patch, he mistakes it for the great pumpkin and faints. When Linus wakes, Sally furiously yells at him for making her miss the Halloween festivities when Charlie Brown and the others come to get her. Linus says later, you've heard of the fury of a woman scorned, haven't you? Charlie Brown says, yeah, I guess I have. And Linus says, well, that's nothing compared to a woman who has been cheated out of tricks or treats. As they leave, Linus, still adamant that the Great Pumpkin will materialize, promises to put in a good word for them all if it comes. He then panics since he said if he comes instead of when he comes. At 4 a.m., Lucy realizes that Linus is not in bed. She finds her brother in the pumpkin patch, covered by his blanket, shivering and half asleep. She brings him home, takes off his shoes, puts him to bed. The next morning, Charlie Brown and Linus lean against a bridge wall and commiserate about the previous night. Charlie Brown attempts to console Linus by explaining that he has done many stupid things too. Hearing that, Linus snaps and vows that the great pumpkin will come to the pumpkin patch next year. Charlie Brown dejectedly listens to Linus's ranting while the credits roll. And Linus says, just wait till next year, Charlie Brown. You'll see, next year at this same time, I'll find a pumpkin patch that is real sincere. And I'll sit in that pumpkin patch until the great pumpkin appears. He'll rise out of that pumpkin patch and he'll fly through the air with his bag full of toys. <laughs> the great pumpkin will appear and I'll be waiting for him. I'll be there. I'll be sitting there in the pumpkin patch and I'll see the great pumpkin. Just you wait and see, Charlie Brown. That's um, one of our favorite sections. Yeah, because he's like uh, like pantomime. He's like, as the, yeah. he says great pumpkin is flying, he's waving his arms yeah. like he's flying. And I don't know if you mentioned it, but uh, you mentioned the sincerity there. And that's like the whole bit with Linus. And it has to be a pumpkin patch that is the most sincere yes. pumpkin patch. That's right. And it's he never explains what that really means. No, he never does, no. But he's like, look at this pumpkin patch. There's sincerity as far as the eye can see. Can see. Yes. So that's that's one why, of our lines in our family. Right, so that's why he panicked when he said if, because it was like insincere. Right. Yes, at that point. No, it wasn't when. It was so questionable. It was, he was like, uh, an insincerity like that is enough to make the Great Pumpkin pass you by. Yeah. Uh, which makes the Great Pumpkin seem very petty. <laughs> yes, it's very petty, very difficult. Yes. You know, they, we mentioned about Charlie Brown getting the rock. So I thought it was funny that Charles Schultz said at one point that he would just get tons of candy every year for Charlie Brown sent to his home. Because oh the goodness. kids were concerned that Charlie Brown was not getting candy. That he was is, only getting rocks. That's sweet. so funny. Yes, it was very funny. The other thing I thought was interesting, and you know, we moved and lived in Houston for many years, and the vibrancy of the colors in the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and the Thanksgiving special of Charlie Brown show a fall landscape of colors. And I was reading an article talking about that, and when you look at the colors, and I have some pictures of the colors, where it really has like that fall kind of look and feel to it in both the movies. So the guys are like a bright like deep pink color and they have the leaves all over the ground in various colors yeah and i think when we were in houston it was also kind of a connection back to the fall that we love so much you know we mentioned fall for many of us as our favorite time of year it is interesting do we know where peanuts is supposed to take place there's leaves that have changed and fallen and everything Uh, for some reason my mind went to vermont i'm not sure why but I guess maybe that because was, of White Christmas. Maybe, <laughs> I think it was just somewhere where because like in the Peanuts world, it snows when it's winter. The leaves fall when it's yeah. autumn, yes. and you get all the all of the changing yes. seasons. The seasons. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and the prairie flowers in Easter and things like that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing we talked about was that there was a symbol of the Great Pumpkin, and people thought for a while that that was something real from some tradition. And Charles Schultz, you know, poo pooed that. He said no. I completely made that up. And he was asked in 1968. The the show itself came out in 1966, a year before I was born. And I saw it every year because, you know, I had four, four other brothers and an older sister. We watched it every year on TV as a TV you know special. And then as the years went on, I just continued to watch it 
uh, through my teen years and then brought that tradition into our family. In 1968, Charles Schultz answered the question about why the red pumpkin was in there. And he said, quoting him, Charles Schultz, the creator, Linus is a youngster to whom everything must have significance. Nothing is unimportant. Christmas is a big holiday, and it has Santa Claus as one of its symbols. Halloween is also a special kind of day, so it ought to have some sort of Santa Claus also. That is what bothered Linus. So that's kind of what Charles Schultz in his head was saying. You know, you think about the Easter special. Yeah. It had the Easter beagle. Right? So he also put in a, another thing in there, right? So yeah. kind of an interesting thought process to all that. And, of course, there's redemption in the end with Lucy, who's just brutal. She's so mean. To so Linus mean. throughout the whole thing as far as his belief in the great pumpkin. But in the end, she takes care of her little brother and brings him yeah. home yeah. At, the, at the end. It's actually atypical for her for her personality, but mm-hmm. it's kind of nice to see it shine through. It is yeah. sweet, yeah. yeah. And I kind of, with a quick Google, answered my own question. You guys want to take a guess as to where? Because he references, oh. in strips, he references where it is. Is it in Indianapolis? Indiana? No, it's not in Indiana. It's actually closer than my guess, though. Wisconsin? Really close. Minnesota. Ah. Because there's references to, like, Minneapolis and St. Paul. Oh, okay. And, like, I think it's, like, Hempen County or something like that, which is in Minnesota. Okay. Oh, interesting. So it might not be, like, official, but everything seems to indicate that the Peanuts takes place in Minnesota. Yeah. 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 And you think, to me, I relate to so many of the traditions laid out in that. Yeah, yeah. The, the kind of the innocence of Linus sometimes, and sometimes I can relate sometimes to the Charlie Brownish kind of character as well, and so yeah, yeah as well as the the fun Snoopy aspect too, where yeah. he can fully embrace the world that he's in, right. Despite everyone else around him, yeah. 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 Whatever Snoopy kind of goes all in with whatever emotion yeah. he's feeling, yeah. yeah. Like the when uh, Schroeder's playing his piano, if yeah. he's playing a happy song. Snoopy is jumping around and dancing. Yeah. If he's playing a sad song, he collapses into tears. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that the fun thing, one of the fun things for us is we've watched it so many times as a family. We can say quotes from it and we know where we're quoting. Yeah. So, you know, that's something to think about for you, the listeners, as families. You know, what do you do that's a consistent tradition every year? You know, maybe it's watching certain shows or baking certain things, but that kind of consistency I think is important to making your own tradition. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it is. And I think that from The Great Pumpkin, I'll probably watch it, you know, from time to time. But from that tradition, I think that taking, like, the carving pumpkins and then the pumpkin seeds and then watching, like, a Halloween-related movie is kind of what I'm taking away from from that and kind of, I guess, making my own with my own family in the future. Right now, you and Kelia can watch Halloween or whatever. Right. Eventually, you're going to have a two-year-old and you're going to watch Right. And we'll move to like Hellraiser and uh, (laughs) (laughs) just don't tell us. Friday the the 13th. You'll come running in and they'll be, or you'll come in and they'll be running over to you in a little plastic Jason mask with their little foam machete. Be like, "Ah." Any final thoughts, Sydney, on the Great Pumpkin? Looking forward to um, sharing the pumpkin carving fall great pumpkin tradition with Noel. Unless be you cute. may not, you know, understand all of it, it would be fun to do that with her and put her in little outfits and have a fun Halloween. That's you right. know, it's funny that as you say that we have pictures of you guys when you were so little. Helping dad carve pumpkins. Yeah. And you didn't know what you were doing either, but you guys got in there and you had a ball with them. So yeah, I mean, you guys were probably, when you could sit up, I had you sitting months. and were touching the goo. <laughs> or the pumpkins. Yes, yeah. 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 As you grow older, as you're young and as you grow older, there's different aspects to the process that yes. get more or less fun. Yeah. At this point... The goo is not the the fun part yeah. for me about carving a jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. I know the goo leads to the seeds, which leads to yumminess. So I exactly. don't mind the goo for that purpose. Nice. That's right. And then yeah. you get to have the jack-o'-lantern and share it. Usually outside is where we put them because yes. they last longer in like the cold October air. Right. Probably not going to be that way when I move to Florida yeah. um, because it's going to be warm. So the shelf life may be longer inside than outside. Um, but then we shared last year about using some techniques to soak the jack-o'-lanterns. And so I'm so, going to try the non-bleach version this year. 
Yeah, so I might have to get creative yeah. in, a, in a warmer environment. But yeah. it is super fun when you have the jack-o'-lantern and then you're able to kind of show off your designs. Your Especially if you have if you have like a Halloween party and a lot of people are coming yes. over, yeah. um, and that's just Halloween parties in general are time to kind of like flex your Halloween decorations, <laughs> um, which I which I like to do because I like to get a lot of Halloween stuff and kind of light up or decorate or spookify <laughs> the house in in a way that you wouldn't really want it to be that way like day to day. But for kind of one day or two days or something like that for a Halloween party is super fun to do. I I imagine you guys have had Halloween parties in the past and you've gone to Halloween parties in the past. So what are kind of your experiences? Good? Bad? I don't remember a lot of Halloween parties. We've had so many Halloween (laughs) parties. So we had a lot of Halloween parties in Houston and we've had several up in Virginia. Beth had a daycare in Houston. We often had Halloween parties for the kids and the parents, and we expected everybody to dress up, which they did. The dressing up, there wasn't a theme for the dressing up, other than just a costume of some sort, but there was usually a lot of focus on the food and the decorations, kind of unique, fun, different foods and unique, fun, different decorations, lights and things like that. I think that was true. Often we had a adult party, too. I do remember as young adults, we had, uh, before kids, we had parties. I remember... Um, different things we dressed up as. Yeah. And you're right. We had we actually had friends who lived here that had a Halloween party every year. Yes. I mean, we went every single year we would go to it. Mm-hmm. And then we think of different things to dress up. You're right. Right. And that was a lot of fun. And for them, they just invited anybody that wanted to come, yeah. bring food, whatever, and whatever was brought was eaten and yeah. Just had a good time with the kids, so yeah. And for me, I did that with the youth as well. So yeah, that's right. Sydney and Cole and the other teens, so we did a lot of Halloween parties. And that, again, was whatever costume you wanted, not too scary because it was out of church. Right. And then lots of focus on fun, unique foods and games. That's fun, true. unique games. And then we also did it, I did it at work in different positions. I've had yeah. Halloween parties where... And then you had like kind of a spooky conference room and, and we would do like a chili cook-off or something like that. Yeah, something tasty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I remember one time with the youth, one really creative thing was doing a uh, like a clue game mm-hmm. with decorating a bunch of different rooms oh, yeah. as different rooms. It was put together a little last minute. Yeah. And those of us, I was one of the ones, me and a buddy of mine went and we did a room. And we weren't really fully given instructions on... Parameters? Right. Well, not for the room, but for the game itself, how it was going to be played. Okay. So it was a little confusing when the kids didn't really know what to ask. We didn't really know what information to give them. But they loved it. It seemed to to work out for them. And the rooms were very elaborate. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I remember, Cole, you guys giving them... A good scare, but in like a fun way. Yeah, so I remember mine was, it was kind of like a, what was what would you call that room? It was like the... It wasn't, it wasn't a machine room. It was kind it of like a, a... It looked a little like, like a, a boiler. The boiler room. It was yeah. kind of like a boiler room. Yeah. yeah. And I decked it out to look like like an old like Cold War, like Soviet boiler room. Yes, yeah. And me and my, my friend were wearing like Russian uniforms and stuff. So... I had rigged up, uh, like, a. it was lit by only, like, the party only provided a small lamp for us to light our, yeah, that's right. our room. Meaning the, the communist party. Meaning the, <laughs> not this party, but the, the communist party yeah. only provided, uh, we only needed small lamp. Right. Um, <laughs> next to a little, like, bust of linen that I had next to the lamp. Yes. And, with a uh, flickering with, light. With a flickering light, uh, so the, it was clearly not, like, working properly, but there was a flag on the wall. Yeah. The friend would say, you know, come in, come in, stand here, you know, don't go over there. Yeah. <laughs> and then I would be facing away from them. So I had a little button in my pocket that I would click to flicker the light on and off and then turn it off completely. And then I would turn around and I counted steps. So I would count my steps back to them. And then turn the light on, like, right next to them. And I probably went a little overboard with the face makeup. As far as, like, half of my face was, like, kind of, like, gashed up. Like, in a, like, a scary way. 
because there were some younger kids I could see on some of their faces that they weren't really prepared <laughs> for it. But that was the point that I would, you know, kind of give them a little scare there. And yeah. I wasn't sure exactly how it went until afterwards everybody came together and they all voted that that was their favorite yeah. room. Yeah, exactly. Because um, so some of the some of the ones that were a little older, a little older, meaning like thirteen or yeah. so, like really loved it. Yeah. And the rooms got elaborate. You yeah, guys did they a great did. job, all of you. A lot of people uh, would try to do like one guy had it set up so that like a book would fall off the shelf. Yeah. Like seemingly on its own. So there are different kinds of like Halloween parties. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah, the ones that. You do for yourself and your friends, and then there's also ones you can do for other people, like for kids. That that can be really as fun as setting up your house for trick-or-treating, or even more fun. Yeah. Uh, because you can be more intentional about doing things like activities and games and that kind of thing. Yeah. What kind of things you guys, if it's like a personal Halloween party that like you're planning for yourself, like what are like a few things that you feel like, okay, like I'd like to have this at a Halloween party? Uh, you know, like for any topic, I think that for me, like I was mentioning, it's about Halloween games that are Halloween themed and then Halloween food that's Halloween themed. Those are the things that I really like. Maybe I like them because we did them with a youth a lot. Maybe I, um, we did them with, when we were pre-kids, but those are the things I kind of focus on. I, you know, the decorations, we already do the decorations, right? So we don't necessarily do more decorations. Right. And we've never done a themed party where, you know, you had to have a costume of, a of this type. Yeah, yeah right. I generally don't like those for Halloween parties because yeah. it really limits... Too dictating. Right. It limits one of the great things about Halloween and Halloween costumes is, for one thing, as an adult, a lot of times the only time you get to dress up is when you go to a Halloween party. Yeah. So really limiting... At that point, it's not really a Halloween party. It's like an astronaut party or a cowboy party right, or, yeah. you know... Yeah. It limits people's creativity. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that, you know, we've done a lot of different costumes. We've always done costumes that were wearable, you know. So if you're going to be hosting a party or part of a party, you want to be able to talk and eat and, and play Good games. And you don't yeah. want to, um, like, I remember I made, made a crayon costume and a, and a Tootsie Roll costume where my arms stuck out of this like circular thing when I was a kid. a kid. That would not be good in a party just because you it's not wearable. You, you would know. also be knocking things over yeah, exactly, all the time. Right. Yeah, right. That's so, a trick-or-treating costume. Yes, exactly. Yes. So, But yeah, I think that's for me, it's the food and the games that I would focus on. Yeah. I think for me, a lot of it's food and the ambiance there. And I know I've sent Cole mm -hmm. <laughs> a bunch of different stuff about a bunch of different food ideas videos and like create things. Again, like we were talking about with pet costumes, a lot of like do it yourself yep. kind of little things yep. that were super creative and yeah. fun. Yeah. That were easy to yeah, they were easy to do. Yeah. Easy to um, Oh, there's a million yeah. um, food like hands. Yep. Finger, like body parts or spiders yeah. or like, yep. there's a million different creative all over TikTok, Pinterest, yep. anything like that. You could really just have a lot of fun yeah. with your foods. Yeah, you can go as crazy or as not crazy as you want to. Right. What about you, Sydney? Yeah, the costumes are fun, the food's fun. Um, for me, I tend to enjoy it more if I'm if I can be involved in some way. So like bringing something or mm -hmm. um, tapping into my creative side definitely makes me more excited for it. You know that's a good point, Sydney. Because sometimes as the host, we think, oh, we'll provide everything, but yeah. it's actually more fun sometimes to bring, let people bring stuff and everybody kind of bring their creativity together. That's a good point. I think for me. Because I recently had, well, recently, a year ago now, <laughs> I had a Halloween party at my place. And I think the big essential things for me are enough people that it's worth having a party, the ambiance, and music. Food is optional, generally good to have. I think at my party we had more drinks than food. I was going to say, food is good at your party for absorbing drinks. <laughs> right. Right. So uh, Highly absorptive foods are good. Yeah. Loud music and ambiance, I think, are the most important things for me. We did break out games at some point. You know those net lights that you throw over? They're supposed to go over bushes. Like your bushes. So I just strung those on every wall and yeah. turned off all the lights and turned on those lights so all the walls were glowing orange. Yeah. That's uh, and then I had a strobe light, too. 
uh, made sure that no one had any problem with the strobe light ahead yeah. of time. And then everyone just kind of did their own yeah. thing. Like, people would get together and play games. I, I had a friend who I hadn't seen for a while who came to the Halloween party. I'm a Ravens fan. He's a Steelers fan. So we just talked trash about the Browns for three <laughs> hours or so. Yeah, I think that's the essential thing for me is that is the peop- having the right people, having the music, and having the ambiance. Well, I think knowing... Your, the age of your group like you you had a long party because you guys tend to stay up later that's true for mom yeah. and i for beth and i as an older adult party we usually have it for like three four hours right so you kind of you know you need to plan your party right. as far as what the expectation is and and i tend to be the one that says okay we're gonna have games and we're gonna do them so at some point i'm gonna say okay everybody it's time to play games yeah. and, and most people will you know, kind of come along with you on that. Well, yeah. and people are used to that now. Yeah. So they're For used our to. Parties, yeah. They're used to you. It's like, oh, game time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to emphasize too that that having the right people can make the difference between oh, a good party and yes. a bad party. Yeah. Very fun Halloween traditions and Halloween ideas. Encourage everybody out there, all of you listeners, to think about how you want to spend your Halloween and what traditions you want to bring into that. Our future festivities are for the week of September 20th. September 20th is National Pepperoni Pizza Day. September 21st, Miniature Golf Day. September 22nd is finally the Autumn Equinox, the beginning of fall. September 23rd, Energize Day. September 24th, National Punctuation Day. Oh, I can read this one. September 25th, National State of Maine Day. (laughs) Lobster Day. It's National Lobster Day. (laughs) That's right. And September 26th, National Johnny Appleseed Day. You can always follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at Holiday underscore Moons and on Instagram at Holiday Moons, one word. We are on Facebook. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. You can find us by searching Holiday Moons in the search bar. And you can email us at any time at HolidayMoons at gmail.com. So for Beth, Sydney, Cole, and Randy, Happy Happy Halloween! Halloween. Thank you.